Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of WTOC's End Zone Podcast. This is Jake Wallace, WTOC Sports Director, along with you. And it's just me today after what was a pretty good weekend of high school and college football. Coming to you a day late on the pod, but had a little bit of a weird day here at WTOC yesterday with some some technical difficulties throughout the day and also had a football game last night, so it works out pretty well. But it was a really interesting weekend or an interesting Friday night, I should say, of high school football, and some of the results we saw certainly raised some eyebrows. Our game of the week saw Benedictine hosting Blessed Trinity, the two-time defending Class 4A champs, and the cadets struggled, but I think a lot of people got the result that they expected. The Titans win at 28-7 over at Memorial Stadium, B.C., now 0-2 for the first time since 2011. That was Danny Britt's first year over on Seawright Drive. But I still think the Cadets are going to be fine. You look at their next four games, all four they should win. Grove, Savannah, Johnson, and the Windsor Forest. And then a game on October 18th, I think that now has a lot of eyebrows raised. And that would be against the Island Sharks, who have certainly looked impressive. We'll talk about them in just a minute. But BC, two tough opponents to start the year. A long layoff between the two games. Now I think we'll get back to seeing what many people expect or have come to expect out of the Cadets. I still think BC's probably the favorite to win Region 3 AAA. But Islands and Jenkins have jumped up as competitors as well. Expect the Cadets to right the ship here over the next month or so. South Effingham pulled away from Effingham County for the first win over the Rebels since 2015. Vanderbilt commit Rocco Griffin led the way 119 yards on the ground and three touchdowns for the Mustangs, who are off to their first 3-0 start since 2015. I tell you, Nathan Clark has got this bunch rolling. The momentum, the excitement, the, the hype around this team is reaching levels they haven't seen in Guyton in a long time. Now the Mustangs will go away from the Corral for two straight games. They're at West Lawrence on Friday and then at Pierce County next week. That should actually be a sneaky good game as well against the Bears. May River blew out Hilton Head for the Sharks' 12th straight regular season win. They are just rolling, folks. Their average margin of victory in that 12-game streak, 30.25 points per game. Up next for May River, the team that Played them closest during this winning streak. That'd be Colleton County. The Sharks won by 11 on the road last year. But Rodney Summers told us they felt like they had a really good team this year, and it looks like they do. Malik Frost had a touchdown run that won our play of the week earlier this week. The John Paul II transfer now playing for the Sharks, and Ahmad Green continues to, to let that offense roll, and that defense is nasty. They're fast. They like to hit people. Up to fifth in the latest South Carolina polls are the May River Sharks, and I think they've got another deep playoff run in them. They look like they are just kind of clicking on all cylinders so far. But the story so far of the year, at least one of the big stories so far this year, a Shark team from Savannah. That would be Islands High, who won their second game in four days Monday night beating Calvary 42-21 over at the Specialty Sports Complex. That one coming after beating SEB Thursday night at Memorial Stadium. Islands now 3-0 for the first time in school history. 
and it's a gauntlet they're on right now. They'll play three games in eight days as they face the Beach Bulldogs Friday night at Memorial Stadium. Obviously, this team has a lot of talent. You, you know, Jaden Hardy moved, went over to Islands from Benedict, and he's a top recruit in the area and playing well. Um, James Shellman, another guy that is obviously uh, well regarded in in recruiting circles. And so this team has a lot of talent, and they're showing it. Davin Winder, the sophomore quarterback, one of the top quarterback recruits in his class. But I thought the thing that stood out to me most about Islands was just how opportunistic they are. They do not waste chances. Two defensive touchdowns last night in the second half, um, and, and they've really been taking advantage of games after intermission. Last night scored 28 points in the second half along with those uh, among those those two defensive touchdowns I just mentioned, there's something working over at Islands. And head coach Robert Zoller, who's been there from really kind of the start, says it, it's fun to see, it's fun to watch. I caught up with him after last night's win. Here's what he had to say. Take a listen. Well, Coach, another big win for your team, another good second half, two defensive scores. What did you see out of your team tonight that you liked? Yeah, we just – I'll tell you what, we came out – I don't know if it's uh, the, the weather we've had or what, but we just came out slow and stale. And, um, my kids are hungry, but at the same time, we're just making stupid mistakes, stupid penalties, you know. So uh, we got to clean those up this week. And uh, and our defense, again, played great. Uh, we just gave up some some dumb, dumb penalties, man. Second win in four days. Never easy to have that kind of a turnaround, especially in this heat. How proud of your team for handling this week after the weather? Oh, great. I mean, you know, we, we've been – number one thing we've worried about this week is, is keeping our bodies healthy. You know, we had a cryotherapy clinic come out to our practice last week and, and gave everybody uh, cryo baths, and, and uh, we've had treatment. We've had five, six trainers out during the week giving people massages. We're just trying to keep our guys healthy. This three-game and eight-days uh, stretch is tough for them. Uh, mentally and physically, you know, mentally you got to prepare for three teams in eight days, and then physically it's just a, it's a grind. So we're just trying to keep them healthy. Kind of in uncharted waters, first three and zero start in, in Islands history. You mentioned this team is hungry. How hungry? How much are they enjoying having some success? Well, the culture's changed. You know, they in the past five years that I've been here, you know, uh, this score uh, three years ago would have been the other way around in the second half. Um, these kids expect to win, and. Uh, it's because of the work ethic and the time that these seniors have put in over the last four years and bought in. So it's just a pleasure to be a part of and uh, watching these guys grow. So Zoller and Islands, no rest for the weary. They're back at it. Their third game in eight days, taking on Beach Friday night at Memorial Stadium. The Sharks looking to get to 4-0 and and extend that winning streak. Some really other good games to watch this week, including Wayne County going down to Brunswick to take on Glen Academy, the Red Terrors, and the Yellow Jackets going to fire it up at Glen County Stadium. That'll be a really good game between uh, two teams that that like to go fast and like to hit each other and like to play football. I'm really looking forward to that one. And then in Richmond Hill, I hope they've reinforced the scoreboard with some new light bulbs as New Hampstead visits the Hill Friday night. That's two teams that can just absolutely light up the scoreboard. The Phoenix coming off a, a loss to Pierce County last week, but scored 40 points in doing so. Expect some more fireworks Friday night at Richmond Hill. And then Thursday night football in Region 3 AAA. Johnson, after the their best offensive performance in a number of years, Friday night against Groves. They'll take on Jenkins Thursday at Pooler Stadium. That's going to be a big one as Jenkins looks to kind of stay on the right track. They beat Savannah High 59-0 Friday night. Had no trouble with the Blue Jackets, but 
Johnson is a team that has said they're they're looking to take a next step, looking to get to the playoffs, and if they can, you know, surprise and knock off the Warriors, who I think many people expect to beat the Atom Smashers fairly easily, that would be a really big deal for Kenderick Bonner in his second year over with the Atom Smashers. So look for that one on Thursday night. I'll be there. We'll have the highlights on the news at 11. In college football, we saw really a lot of kind of what we expected, especially in Athens. Georgia just continues to do what they're supposed to. 55 nothing win over Arkansas State, now set for that top 10 clash against Notre Dame. I was in Athens on Monday, was at the press conferences. Uh, the team's downplaying this game. They they keep saying all the hype, all that. It's nice for the fans. It's nice for for us to talk about and, and bring it up and, and mention how exciting this game is going to be. But they're really downplaying it. And I'll have to say, it sounded sincere. You hear that out of every team when this kind of game comes around. But Georgia sounds like an experienced veteran group now. They've been in this game. They've been in these kinds of games, national championship games, SEC championship games, road trips to to massive stadiums and in top 10 games. And this is nothing new for this Bulldog group now. I think that's really interesting and uh, probably for Georgia people, exactly what they want to hear. The dogs are right really where they want to be. Earlier today, I spoke with CBS college football analyst Brian Jones about Saturday's showdown. You're going to hear from him and even more interviews on Georgia-Notre Dame. We're going to have a special podcast for that game coming out later this week. Up in Minneapolis, Georgia Southern nearly pulled the upset of the Golden Gophers. They fall 35-32 Minnesota with a touchdown pass with just a few seconds remaining to escape the upset bid. And This one, I think, surprised a lot of people, but I don't think Georgia Southern was surprised. I spoke with an an Eagle coach before the season who told me he thought they they were going to fare well against Minnesota. He thought they matched up really well offensively and defensively against the Gophers, and obviously he was right. That was a... um, uh, a game that Georgia Southern came oh so close to winning, a, a, a touchdown on a blocked field goal to cut into the lead and then a, a fumble return to take the lead late, uh, but unable to hold the Golden Gophers out of the end zone late in the ball game, and Minnesota gets the win. Southern now 1-2, and two, and they go into an off week. They'll host Louisiana Lafayette on September 28th, and the key over the next two weeks is, Get Shy Wirtz healthy. Justin Tomlin has played really well. Um, admirably, he he has held the fort down while Wirtz has battled back from that injury he suffered in the LSU game. But I think Georgia Southern will tell you this offense is a different animal when Wirtz, the experienced veteran, is running it. And if they can get him back just in time for Sunbelt play, all those goals that Georgia Southern had going into the year about going undefeated at home, winning the Sunbelt East, competing for a Sunbelt title, those are all certainly there. And the chances of that happening, I think, only rise exponentially if Shy Words is back in the backfield. Savannah State routed Virginia University at Lynchburg for the first win of the Sean Quinn era. It was a The Tigers put up 60 points, rushed for 435 yards. You think they want to run the ball in this new triple option offense? They showed you exactly 
what they wanted to do Saturday, held the ball for 36 minutes. Meanwhile, they held Lynchburg to just three yards rushing. But still some areas to clean up, 14 penalties for nearly 200 yards. You're not going to win many big games like that, and Sean Quinn would be the first guy to tell you that's an area they absolutely have to clean up as Savannah State opens conference play Saturday against the Benedict Tigers, that game happening in Augusta, kind of a neutral site between the Tigers and the Tigers. Savannah State looking to get off to conference play with a 1-0 start. Clemson rolled again against Syracuse on the road, looked okay doing it. Like we've said, the numbers haven't been Great. The numbers haven't been maybe what we expected out of this Clemson offense. But if they keep winning, it's not going to matter. You look at this schedule, there's no one left on it that really should challenge Clemson. And so if they can just continue to do what they do, win these games by 20, 30 plus points, they'll be in the playoff. What happens there, though, is I think what worries me a little bit about what we've seen out of the Tigers so far. South Carolina looked about as expected against Alabama. The Crimson Tide just used those offensive weapons after a little bit of a slow start. They finally got it going in Columbia, and they beat South Carolina handedly. And then the other result that we all saw that maybe wasn't unexpected, but it certainly caused some people to do a double take, Georgia Tech losing to the Citadel in overtime. The Bulldogs took their triple option offense into Atlanta and and beat Tech with it. Uh, Jeff Collins said, we just didn't play very well. And this is a low point for Tech. It's their first loss to an FCS team since 1983. You had to figure that this season was going to be one that had some more low points than high points. And this is certainly one of the low ones. But Tech has some talent, and and they seem to be excited about where things are going. And I think that's a, a good thing. I imagine they'll bounce back from this loss as a bowl game out there, maybe, but obviously losing to the Citadel is not anything you ever want to happen if you're a Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. So that's going to do it for this edition of the End Zone Podcast. We'll be back later this week with our Georgia-Notre Dame special. Lindsey Goff and myself will be joined by CBS College football analyst Brian Jones and a few more interviews talking about the big game everyone's anticipating on Saturday in Athens. Of course, we'll be there live at 1.30 Saturday with our tailgating with WTOC special. You can catch that right before a college football doubleheader highlighted by Georgia and Notre Dame at 8 o'clock right here on WTOC. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to tune, tune in to The End Zone Friday night at 11.20. Lindsay and myself will be breaking down all the high school football highlights from around the area and then Stay listening for another edition of the End Zone Podcast. we got two more coming to you this week, one on high school football, one on Georgia-Notre Dame. We're looking forward to both of them, and we're looking forward to talking to you again later this week.